0: <finds chega> and we protecting the nest, we protecting the nest, Helicans updates right down to the sec. And we protecting the nest, we protecting the nest, Nola LBJ and Dotson time to get them in check. And we protecting the nest, we protecting the nest, Helicans updates right down to the sec. And we protecting the nest, we protecting the nest, Nola LBJ and Dotson time to get them in check. Let's go.
1: back to the Protecting Us podcast, Pelicans fans. We live in local usually, but with the coronavirus, you know, we stuck doing what we got to do. We bringing Chris Conner back on today because we want to talk about the new Zion news. He had to leave Orlando. We want to talk a little bit more about the jerseys because they leaking out some more information. And we're only a couple weeks from the game, so it's time to start looking at the games. Before we get into that, I want to welcome you in, Chris. Thanks for coming back to the nest. We appreciate you coming on.
0: Anytime, man. You know, it's always a pleasure uh following my fellow my fellow the bird right podcast and everything man so I'm happy to be happy to be on again it's always a
1: good time man y'all been killing it for me y'all been keeping me up keeping me live keeping me up every week uh you know I know y'all got y'all's own podcast to do but part of what protect the nest is is trying to connect with everybody keep everybody connected keep the network going so we can keep New Orleans basketball going i don't know if you read the uh coach Roy Poplin article but we started getting games going in the city, and it's about time for the games to get going back in the NBA. And part of what we do for the nest is bring people in, try and promote as many people writing about the team, people playing for the team, or local talent that's you know still in school but they want to eventually make it to the NBA and get to the team. So yeah, that that, that bringing y'all on, that's kind of how I feel is y'all helping me protect the nest by everybody participating and doing this together. Talk about the Pelicans.
0: Yeah, man. I mean, it, 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 it's always. I think people for the longest have. You know, we found a way to put New Orleans in this in this football box, and you know, sure, it's been a it's been a Saint city. It's been about uh, you know LSU and Tulane, and for the longest, it's been football centric. But when I grew up there, when I drive around, when I'm walking those streets in New Orleans, and I'm in town, I don't see kids outside playing catching football. I don't see kids out running routes, man. I see them playing playing basketball at these parks. Well, of course, pre. Pre-COVID and everything, but you know, at these gyms at the UNO facility, um, you know, things like this, things like you know what you're doing with Coach Rory, you know, it, it helps continue to establish and to a younger generation and maybe sound a little bit older that are that are ignorant to the fact that Roland well, is more of a basketball town than you'll than you'll ever know. And I'm just happy that we still have things like this continuing to uh, pay pay it forward to the people that a lot of the people that I saw roaming around the streets growing up and as I continue to uh, pop in, you know, when I'm visiting, you know, and everything.
1: Yeah. And it's been tough the last couple of weeks. If anybody's been keeping up with the news in new Orleans, cause there's been more shootings the last couple of weeks and basketball, they took down the rims. I seen even Schmidt, I had to see it from a different account cause he's got me blocked, but you know, that's how it is. He got the rims down it, it, all over in all the metro cities they take your rims down when it's one of the ways if you got a few kids together with a basketball they already kind of not socially distancing when they on the porch let them go shoot hoops and that's just that's kind of way i feel about it maybe that's a little too unsafe and the mayors have to look at liability issues but that's a little too i guess heavy-handed and too too much speculation for what we're trying to do with the podcast looking at looking at I guess the value that we can bring. I'm sure you saw where Drew Holiday is donating the rest of his salary to to you know social outreach, and instead it, 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 that that's big. That's I think we're gonna see a lot more players do that, and that's something the community. If it if everybody rallies around in the community, we can have have things in the community. We don't have to wait for the president or the governor to give us the okay. And I think these open runs have kind of shown that if you do something safe, you got the best best intentions at in mind. You can still do things this, to these that. De- just to keep keep the, I guess, the culture going, keep the game going.
0: Yeah, man. I mean, the, you know, in, intention intention is big, right? You know, intention and preparation. Uh, even even in in the status of the climate, the world climate that we're living in right now with COVID, um, you know, there are still ways to to find find avenues to reach back to communities to you know have some of these these events. Uh, of course, you know, there, there's just other, other mandates you have to, you have to put in place. You got to find a way, you know, to have, have everyone, as many people as possible wear masks. You got to, you got to social distance, you got to sanitize, but it doesn't mean that you still can't find a, find a way in the process. I mean, we saw, you know, Brandon Ingram, uh, you know, get back, I don't remember which, what, uh, if it was for a holiday or if it was just a, just a random food drive that he did, uh, you know, for, uh, you know, for the kids in New Orleans and, I mean, Drew and going to Drew Holiday, man. I mean, he's been he's been big for this for this city for this reason since he since he arrived, and not even just with what he's been able to do financially and what he's given back charity wise. Just the story that he brings about, you know, redemption and perseverance, and uh, you know, I mean, it's it's everything that New Orleans is, is right? You know, that's 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 what we are as a city. Once you're, you know, if you're from there, you know, you. In a in a in a sense, everybody's an underdog. Um, but Drew's story, you know, his his contributions, you know, they they go beyond just what he's doing uh, currently with his salary. But it's I mean, it's a hell of a gesture, man. I know we saw Dwight Howard uh, be one of the first people to donate his entire salary, and you know, ironically, you know, I think it's going to be similar to what we've seen with the Black Lives Matter movement. I think the more the more we see players. Uh, with large to medium names, can go forward and say, "I'm going to donate a portion of my salary or all of my salary." The more we see these players that have names do it, the more others are going to feel comfortable and coming forward and doing so. And um, you know, I think I think that's going to really, it's, you know, you can't transform this this bubble and this basketball that we're going to be running into completely into the social reform or you know, justice police you know activism type thing that people want to kind of paint it as but you can really make it for more and more of a good cause especially if that money is going into the right places.
1: right and that i think it's more than the money as long as the effort's going into the right place you see these protesters some people put their efforts towards positive protesting some people put their efforts towards looting rioting and bringing a bad name to to something that really needs to be, you know, pushed to the forefront of our society so we can actually get some change. And again, I don't want to touch on that too much because it's heavy handed, but I mean, you do have positive actors and negative actors. And that's just the way it's gonna be, whether it's the NBA or out there in these streets. But looking at you know, Drew Holiday's value and how he was he's been MVP, the heart and soul of this team, and Lonzo and Ingram expressing their desire to stay long term, you gotta think that has something to do with Zion. And now we can look at Drew's uh, situation a few seasons ago and why Zion had to leave the bubble this week and see that this is how the team's going to operate from the top down no matter who the GM is. Gail Benson's going to be sympathetic and empathetic with their players anytime they're going through a family emergency. I think that, that speaks volumes to the rest of the league on who would you rather play for? You know, would you rather be at the Knicks in a large market or a small market where they really care about you as a person? Not saying the Knicks don't care about their players as people, but I think, the larger audience listening to me understands what's going on with that thing with drew you know we they had a couple knuckleheads that was mad about it the same way there's a couple knuckleheads that want to rush zion back to the bubble in three four days and i mean as as soon as zion left the bubble they wanted him tested let the man go see his family let's not let's let the man go handle his family emergency matters before we try and stick a q-tip up his nose and make it even more uncomfortable situation because the uncertainty of a of a a medical emergency with your family. The uncertainty, the anxiety, all that being there, you you probably don't want to go through a covid test at the time. So, I'm fine if Zion just skips the bubble at this point. I know a lot of people are against that. They think that the only reason the Pelicans are in Orlando is because Zion was on the team. That may be so, but once a family medical emergency hits, all bets are off covid or no covid. Uh, you with
0: me on that? 100%. Uh, I mean, you know, we have to we um we have to get back, or, I mean, or hell, even start. I think, as a society, treating these athletes like humans. You know, I mean, I don't care how much how, how much money you know, how much money they make. I don't care what type of house that they live in, or what car they drive, or the you know the overall advantages, the privileges that they have. Um, if somebody is in trouble, if they lose someone in their family, if there's an emergency, uh, you know, I mean, they they're not immune to the you know to to. The family tragedy. They're not immune to the same type of pain uh, in certain areas
1: that that a common man or woman faces. Right, and everybody's um, pain and is different. Every, uh, to me, I mean, look at how Derek Favors wanted to grieve and tried to help out with his mother. Yeah. Everybody's got right. a different level of support. Everybody's got a different level of sympathy. I mean, not trying to put too much out there. I'm, I'm sure my mom would agree. Our relationship ain't that great and hadn't been, but we're building on it. But some people have such good relationship with their parents that If a parent passes, that's a wrap for them. They're going to need a few weeks to get over it no matter what. Not saying that I wouldn't. I mean, again, not not wanting to put too much of that history out there. But, again, I think people know what we're saying. There's different levels of support. There's different levels of emotion. There's different levels of grief. And that's just, I mean, to to try and press somebody on that is very bad taste to me. It's terrible, man,
0: because, you know, I mean, it's I don't think people truthfully understand like what they're you know what they're doing when they when they you know make comments like that. Because think about it: if Zion, if let's say let's say Zion did feel rushed to come back. Let's say he came back and he wasn't he wasn't fully able to grieve. What type of basketball player do you think he'd be looking at on the floor? You know you know do you think he'd be looking at someone that was fully there, that was fully immersed in what was going on? No, he'd be distracted. I, you know, I mean. Exactly. And that and that's and that's a hundred percent understandable. I mean that's that's what family does and 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 if you pay if you pay attention to Zion, um, and the type of kid that he is and you know, I mean he was someone who was raised well. I don't know the the full details about everything that's going on right now. But I assume it's something very, very important. He's more of a of a of a private dude when it comes to that aspect of his life. Let the man take his time, you know, to fix what's the most important. Right now, I mean, basketball is not is not more important than this pandemic that we have going on right now. No matter how much how much we're trying to find a way to escape from it, um, Zion has to take care of that first. And when he's ready, emotionally, physically, when he's, when he believes that he's ready to come back, um, you know, we're all welcoming with open arms. And I I love what the team is doing from that from that aspect because you know these these type of situations matter. Players don't forget things like this. If he felt any pressure. From the organization or from his teammates. Um, I, I mean, it, it, this is a different situation, but let's not forget how the whole Kawhi Leonard situation went. Um, you know, now of course, you know we're talking. We could be talking a, a matter of life or death here, and I hope that's not the case. I, you know, my prayers and my thoughts go out to Zion's family. Uh, you know, we remember uh, if you're if you're a small market, if you're if you're a team that doesn't that doesn't have a, a glorious tradition like like New Orleans, you look up to the San Antonio Spurs. That's the type of um, that's the type of foundation, the type of culture you would like to build from within. And one of the best players that they've had in, in franchise history, especially on you know, the, the complete the trajectory his career was on there. we've seen what he's done since. Just a matter of, of mistrust that he had. Their relationship, one of the greatest coaches ever and one of you know, uh, you know one of the better supporting cast, Ronald Ginobili and Tony Parker from teammates organization, he felt pressured. And that relationship broke down over the fact that he didn't feel like his situation was being supported. Um, and I'm sure he felt the same way with fans. It can't be any different here, and it should be treated with even more, an even higher level of empathy in this particular case with a pandemic and this disease roaming free. Um, anybody that's out there, you know, wishing that this man will hurry and reach his ass back to, the, uh, back to this bubble. Uh, is out of their fucking mind. I mean, <laughs> it's just—it's just the truth. Um, you know, we we want Zion to be back when he's a hundred percent well, and we hope that his family is able to be in good, in a good state and in good condition. Along with that,
1: right? It, again, we—I think we both on the same page. It was kind of. In bad taste for Shams to put all that stuff about Zion having cramps in his article because all these players are having cramps. Man. I mean, I hadn't talked to all the players, but you know, I got a couple numbers. i talked to two or three players in the league, not just with the Pelicans that yeah. said everybody felt it that second day. Everybody had to work that lactic acid out and get the, get the you know, shake the rust off. But you bring up Kawhi. You've talked a little bit about what's going on off the court. We'll get to the new jerseys that's in the works because I know that's what you waiting on. But mentioning Kawhi, yeah, that's sir. one of the that's our second game like we got the jazz and the clippers and zion might miss both of those games alvin gentry come out and was like well we we already played so many games without zion as it is they could beat both of those teams without zion i mean leave it to ingram let ingram go at utah all day and that, that that's the that's the rubber match for gobert versus ingram i think the pelicans can take that no matter what and then if zion needs to be worked back into shape let him miss the Clippers game, too, so you don't risk injury. How much, I mean, we can't really expect to beat Kawhi, Paul George, Lou Will, Montrez, Harrell, pick and roll. That's a championship contender right there. That's more of a way that we can measure ourselves, measure the Pelicans against a contender, but I don't think we really don't compete with them for a final spot. Well,
0: I mean, you know, we have to we have to remember, right before Zion came back, um, and let's, say, let's say he misses those first two games, the Pelicans had a stretch in which they played Utah, uh, within a within a week, and they ended up having to play the Clippers in New Orleans without Zion. They played all of those games well. Yeah. Uh, the first the first game against against Utah had a had a controversial finish. Uh, I believe Brandon Brandon Ingram had a he, they ended up not calling a foul that should have been a foul. He should have been at the free throw line. Pelicans didn't, didn't call a timeout, whether I believe Alvin said he was going to. He was trying to signal on a the timeout. They didn't get to him. Uh, Brandon Ingham goes down, drops to the lane, clearly gets fouled by Rudy Gobert. Clearly. They don't call it. Yeah, they lose that game. The next game they play is the game in which Ingram drops, what was it, 49 uh, in overtime. It should have been the game winner. Should have been the game winner. Uh, yeah, should have never Gobert went to overtime. They yeah, exactly. went to overtime. Uh, that foul go on Jackson Hayes
1: out. was ridiculous.
0: Uh huh. Yeah. So another game. Now Donovan Mitchell went all both of those. Both of those games is kind of one of the things that Josh Hart was was joking with him about uh, a few weeks ago. But both of those games were without Zion, and they played Utah very well. One of those games was also without without Chris Holiday. It's not both. If I'm if if I'm uh, I think that we were we maybe had. We're expecting him to come back to the second game, of that Utah matchup—he didn't end up coming back. They were shorthanded, depending on Frank Jackson a lot in that game. They ended up winning in overtime. Um, right. Well, look, then, at, look at that first game
1: with Utah. Look at that first game with Utah. Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert—they've been kind of bumping heads. I don't think anybody needs to jump on Gobert for the COVID shutdown, even though he he mm-hmm. acted a little recklessly. But they got a little, con- you know, friction between their two stars. And then it's a matchup, styles make fights type thing. I don't see the Jazz as being as deep as the Pelicans. I mean, they got Ingles, Conley. I don't think Bogdanovich is going to... I believe
0: Joe Ingles is out.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Most of their players are either yeah. out or fighting with each other. <laughs> I mean, it's definitely not going to be...
0: It's not going to be... We can't expect or shouldn't expect the same Utah Jazz team. I mean, in fact, I mean... the Two guys outside Donovan Mitchell that gave the Pelicans the biggest problems in those early games were both Bogdanovich and Joe Ingles. Yeah. Um, you know, off of off of pick and roll plays. They did it repeatedly. And um I mean Joe Ingles is a big part of what they do on both sides of the basketball. So you can't you can't expect the same the same team that's coming in that's gonna be coming in showing up in Orlando and then the Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert is a whole nother equation. Um so the Pelicans should feel very confident in their in their chances there. And in the Clippers game, right before um, right before Zion came back, they had a prime time game or, or was it a no? It wasn't prime time. It was it was like an early like three o'clock game on on ABC um, against the Clippers in New Orleans. They were up on the Clippers big by. They had a double digit lead for a good majority of of that game going into the third quarter, and then they ended up they ended up folding and. Um, Williams went off, and they closed that game out. Kawhi does what he does. They were right in that game. They were right in the mix of it there. They had a chance to roll away and win that game. Um, I don't think that they will be walking into that matchup worried, afraid, or scared. They're going to believe that they have an opportunity, and there's no telling that even with Zion, that's the game that they would win. The Clippers, if the Clippers aren't in the the NBA Finals, it's a disappointment to them. So for me, all, all I want to see is those guys looking. Together, showing the same basketball chemistry or some semblance of it that we saw before the games cut short, guys continuing to pick up where they left off. And with the pace that that they've been playing, the type of basketball they were playing with or without Zion, they're not going to back down from either matchup. And at worst, I think that they should be able to split between those first first two games if Zion has to miss them.
1: Right, they should be able to split. I think there's a lot of randomness is what David Griffith uh, called it that's going to be happening in the bubble as far as results on the games but i mean look at the clippers they they still had to sign joe kim noah and if we had zion i would take zion and Derek favors over joe kim noah any day of the week especially now i mean he's not the player of the year that he used to or defensive player of the year that he used to be a decade ago so that's where i'd say styles make fights The the pelicans have the depth we just we need Zion back in the fold. We need our whole you know thirteen man rotation to be ready because Gentry's gonna use them. He showed that at the beginning of the season, like he's gonna stick with a longer bench. I guess longer than most people expected him to. Got him in a little bit of trouble, but in a situation like Orlando, that might actually be his saving grace. Where in a regular season without COVID, actually you know like I say, got him in trouble. Uh, well, yeah, go what's, ahead.
0: What's weird is that. What's weird is that, um, and it's going to be very, very interesting to watch, is that typically when you get into the playoffs, rotations shorten, right? But in this type of atmosphere, we don't know what's going to get a team going. Like with no home court advantage, with no fan support to give you energy, uh, what type of impact is that going to have on role players? We don't know uh, who's going to get tightened, who's not going to. You know, what type is the pressure going to be there in the same capacity? Um, we don't know what type of shape these guys are going to be in. So if you're a team like New Orleans who have Energizer Bunnies, like Jackson Hayes and Nikhil Alexander-Walker, Frank Jackson in the world, I mean, you have guys that are going to be able to give you instant energy and are going to be in great shape. And They may be playing teams that are just trying to get themselves in the basketball shape, or they may lack the energy that New Orleans is going to bring to uh, and athleticism standpoint. I think that that's a big point or a big part of what should we we'll be looking at. We've been talking about the depth of the team since training camp or what we hoped it was going to look like. Well, they may be in a spot now where I mean, guys aren't going to come out the gate playing 38 minutes a game. That may be as, you know, more important as ever. And they may finally be able to um, to use it as, as an advantage, as where, in, if we we're going into a regular playoff atmosphere, the use of these guys may get them, um, it, it may be used against them a little bit more. Um, I, I mean, I'm all for it, man. I, I think that if you can run out there with 12 12 13 deep and it's going to work for you and these guys are going to go out there and give it everything that they have i, I mean you you got to throw all all darts at all darts at the board at this point
1: See, I think our first playoff game, like the first playoff atmosphere where you're going to see the bench just really locked in will be that third game against Memphis because look at how a regular preseason goes. You get a few games, you get into the regular season. They're going to have three scrimmage games, three exhibition-type games, the Utah game and the Clippers game. So they're going to have a little over a month plus five games under their belt. The sixth game will be against Memphis and that's going to be crucial for the playoff play in must win situations to stay within a certain amount of games to Memphis so that you get that play in. You've got to beat Memphis and you got to at least do one game better than the Blazers because the Blazers have played one more game and you want to, you know, you got to trump them on, on winning percentage, but that, that third game is going to be crazy. Just, John Morant versus Zion Williamson. Everybody wanted to see it. They all want to see playoff atmosphere. You're going to see a young core versus a young core. It's kind of like AAU, and I know people have said the bubble's like AAU. But, I mean, you're going to have Brandon Clark, Josh Jackson, Jaron Jackson Jr., Justice Winslow yep. said he might try and make it back. Grayson Allen's been looking decent. Jontae Porter might make it back. Like, that young core versus young core matchup is going to be one of the best matchups standalone. In Orlando, if you just had to pick one game to watch and not for what happened before or after, I think that's going to be the game to watch for developmental value, entertainment value, uh, just high-level basketball. I think that'll be the first time the Pelicans really hit a groove because there'll be six games in. And, yeah, what what game are you most looking forward to in the eight seed-in games? We've talked about Utah, the Clippers, and Memphis, but the Kings is right past that. You know, what what, what game are you looking forward to?
0: It's it's without a doubt a Memphis game because I know – because I, I know that what the energy from that game is gonna come with them. Like you're not going to need if if they went and played in an empty gym with nobody, if they secretly went and played against each other, you know that that would be a good game. It's just, you know eventually, um the players the players start to take uh take hold of future rivalries. they don't even know it. You do it you do it subconsciously. They hear what's been said, they know um they know what fans are saying out there. They know that, you know, you know, there's a there's one side in, you know, in Memphis that feels as if they hundred percent deserve this playoff spot. And maybe they feel that they shouldn't even have, be subjected to have to play for their for their position. Maybe they feel like they deserve it. They play they you know, they earned it already. There's the Pelicans that feel
1: yeah, there is some more, merit to that, but then again we didn't play a full season, so it is what it is.
0: No, no, yeah, no, no. I'm just talking about. I'm just talking about from a player's perspective and what type of energy and uh, you know, just that you know the overall grit that I think should be on that court when those two teams play. You know, um, you you have the Pelican side that feel as if, especially with the way that the schedule was looking, they may feel as if we were going to get that seed. And I think, I think Drew Holiday even came out and said it. They felt as if the season would have finished. Uh, that that eight C was theirs um I, I, I mean there's so many different
1: yeah Yo, are you there yeah
0: uh yeah, yeah. You hear me?
1: go ahead
0: no uh yeah um way that the teams are constructed and, and you know the overall youth aspect on both sides and the role players and more than anything man the pelicans for a good majority of the eight quarters these teams have played they've dominated the Grizzlies. um I, mean, I just think it's gonna be such an edge on that floor both teams looking to prove something and what's you know a, a a rivalry that I think should be uh beyond our beyond our measures for the next five to ten years um i mean i'm I'm really really looking forward to that game because more than anything, I don't know how basketball is going to look how professional basketball is gonna look when this bubble thing jumps off. I don't know how these guys are gonna look on that floor how ready and prepared that they're going to be um But I know that game, no matter where it took place, it could take take place on the moon and it should be good basketball and it should be a bunch of players that are fired up and, you know, ready to prove to the other what they're made
1: of. Can you imagine how high Zion would jump if you let him play basketball on the moon? (laughs) (laughs) We go up there, I might even be able to touch the rim. (laughs)
0: No, i Yeah. You know what, man, you might need to set that up, man.
1: Yeah, man, I always wanted the moon shoes. I never could get them to last more than two or three days because the straps would pop. I think everybody knows what I'm talking about there too, if you are above a certain age. But uh, yeah, I'll get to, I'll get back to the rim one day. I was I was touching it back in my high school, you know, freshman year of college when I was working out days. But we let some we we left our training regimen slide since then. Uh, before we let you slide out, we talked about how basketball was gonna look. How you think the Pelicans need to look going forward? We've talked jerseys once or twice. I've been. I've been teasing you for, for weeks, months now. The Atlanta Man. Hawks jersey just dropped, and we talked a little bit before I hit record on how I think they're gonna unembargo the, inf- the information and how they're gonna roll jerseys out. Uh, what kind of plan would you like to see? And if you liked hearing, I guess me and Fletcher's leaks on what the jerseys actually gonna look like.
0: Well, you know, I, I, um, I, I, I guess I understand if if they go a route of you know, slowly. Uh, supporting the teams that that are eliminated or that are no longer playing and having having a jersey revealed afterwards just to kinda, you know, keep the fans and, you know, and the community and the players talking. Just something to you know, to look forward to as we uh, embark on I mean whatever the hell will be or whatever the hell the, the next season will look like when whenever it starts. Um So, I mean, I guess, you know, the plan, I mean, it was kind of cool, kind of a surprise to see the Atlanta jersey uh, released a couple days ago, yesterday, whenever it was. Not only is it a nice jersey, and not only are they paying homage to, you know, to Dominique and that era, that whole era of Atlanta basketball, but, I mean, it it got people talking. It got the, the players were talking and were excited as, you know, with Atlanta not being able to play professional basketball for a little bit and this whole like NIT structure or, or whatever is finalized in Chicago. Um, not really much to talk about when it comes to the Atlanta Hawks, but that jersey allowed people to, you know, to speak and talk and uh, got the fans engaged. So that's pretty cool. And I think for any team that's eliminated, uh, you know, having a jersey, you know, new gear to speak about or fans to keep their money and their their future uh, investments into, I think it's pretty dope. But um, listen, bro. I've been talking about a gold jersey since they unveiled this whole new damn Pelican style, man. Ever since they put out this logo, and I saw an inch of gold in the logo. Even dating back to where they used to have those ugly, the, uh, I'm trying to think, like the paint would be, would be gold, and then you had the, oh, oh no, oh, no, oh, no, I'm sorry. Yeah, the paint. The paint was gold. Uh, I just like the floor. The floor used to be really ugly, and that's even you know. I know they had the Pelican Bird from one end of the three point line to the other. They they've done some really weird shit with how they used to design or how they tried to design these uh, these uniforms and these cords and this in in reference to uh, the state, the city, and the logo. But the minute that they unveiled it, and I saw an inch of gold, I wanted a gold jersey. Um, now. The NBA has failed in putting out gold jerseys. They all of them have not
1: Toronto had one.
0: Waiting for it for a while. Um, I mean, and it looks like. I mean, I'm I'm glad and hoping that we're that we're finally here. You know, I know it's been what's, the way that uh, that that you and and Fletcher kind of described it, it was going to be another another flag type thing. Um, I mean, I'm I'm interested in what they in what they come out with. Um, but I mean, I'm I'm just happy to have another jersey to the fold. Something different from the traditional Mardi Gras. Um, you know, the red. You know, the red Austin jerseys have been have been. Uh, have been loved for a little bit too long here. Uh, it's time to bring something else into the fold, especially since the, the white jerseys from the from their playoff run or from the year after the playoff run was introduced. It's time for something else and this gold jersey has me interested. Um yeah, man, I mean I, I can't wait. It's gonna be it's gonna be easily on my shopping list the minute they drop it
1: drop. Yeah, it's gonna be a few more weeks. I think kinda of way they rolling it out, you know, if you're not in the bubble they, they already dropping and leaking jerseys. I think the bubble teams in Orlando – They'll start releasing an unembargo in Jersey information once a team's knocked out, say like Zatarans. I'm 99.9% sure they're not coming back. I know that the team issued a quote the other day, and I forget. It was like on frontrowsports.com. But everybody I've talked to in the building has said Zatarans will be gone. They're getting more money from somebody else. Uh, we'll see if that plays out. Maybe, maybe with COVID, things fall apart. They go back to Zatarans, and they come up to an agreement. But – It'll be interesting to see. I think everybody's gonna like the jersey, uh, from what I've, from what limited clips I've seen. Uh, the gold playing with the red and the blue's difficult, and not to plug it, but we got them protecting that shirts out there. Where we played a little bit with the red feet, the gold body, and a little bit of the blue. We got the navy blues coming in uh, to plug the last a little bit. I've never asked this in the first 50 podcasts, but if everybody just go rate us and give us a five-star review. The podcast has been blowing up the last couple weeks. I mean, triple the numbers listening. A lot of that is thanks to you and your SB Nation friends over at the Bird Rights and the Bird Cause. Uh, anybody that likes this podcast, I suggest y'all go listen to that one too. You always find something out new, something different. And that's why I appreciate y'all. That's why I keep trying to bring y'all on. And yeah, I think you're gonna like it. I think the people are gonna like the podcast as we move forward. I appreciate it. And yeah, we gonna get you that shirt, bro. I <laughs> oh,
0: man, I appreciate it. And you know, and I'll, I'll I'll piggyback on what you said there, man. I I hope that everybody is listening, man. Is continuing to support people that support people. And I think it's dope that you know we have uh, we have people that are. Blue check marks that cover the team, and we have national national reachers and guys with a bunch of followers that's online. Uh, and 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 that's great. That's great. I'm sure they're great people, you know. But those that grind, those that really, you know, respond to fans that support almost anybody that's putting a percentage of possible New Orleans content out, you know. We got to find a way to continue to support those people. And Chris Dotson is, you know, he's definitely one of those dudes, man. He's been doing it for a while, for a while. And I'm happy, you know, to be, to be a part of stuff like this because I've seen him come from, you know, the Pelican Debrief. I've seen him work his way, annoy people to get to start to see who he is and the type of the type of content that he puts out. Not a man's on Forbes that has tele consortiums and everything, man. So it can you know, so it can definitely happen, but it doesn't happen without people fully supporting it. People like him, you know, definitely need to be along that way, man. So I'm happy that, you know, we could do whatever, you know, to show you love and hope that uh as a fan base, as a city, as a region, we continue to put on the good people like that and stop, you know, just stop kissing the ass of people because they have a bunch of followers already or because you think that Uh, They may one day respond to you. Fuck with the people that are responding to you and that are also, you know, you know, get them, get their averages up because they always return the favor, man. So uh, shout out to you, man. You know, I'm going to wear this shirt proudly. And uh, whatever else you got out, you know, I'm going to be there to support you.
1: Man, you you just touched base on a project I've been trying to work on, getting Coach Rory, Malachi, people doing the beats where we, it's a full network. We'll do some production. We'll have a mixtape. You know, we, there's some people that yeah if you ain't got the blue check or you ain't got the clout for social media they don't even want to hear your story but there's some of us that not not to say, people with less followers the bottom half that we're actually telling stories again like this coach rory or some of the stuff i did about josh hart's off the court thing people don't even really want to check it out because they don't think you gotta you gotta in you ain't got the plug you ain't got this you ain't got the check but it's new orleans it's a small town that Somebody going to know somebody in New Orleans. And if you live in, in L.A. or nothing against some of the other people that write about the team that are out in, you know, the Midwest, Elliot Clough, I love you, but New Orleans is New Orleans. And if you're not in the city, you're just not in the city. I think that that love's going to grow from the city outward. I want to do something like that South Coast Swish Network where you're in Chicago if there's a guy from New Orleans and he signs a scholarship and plays for Northwestern or Illinois or something. You got somebody that can kind of – Help promote what he's doing and help promote the region. And that's what I'm going to try and do with this South Coast Swish Network is bringing in more people, bringing in where I got a podcast and you got a podcast, but we could both promote each other. And that's that's the network. That's how we protect the nest, not by saying, oh, I just want you to wear my shirt. I want you to wear everybody's shirt. As long as it's representing what we're doing, let's do it. That's the
0: goal, man. I mean, like I said, man, support people that support people, man. You know, those that are... You know, that are retweeting and commenting and uh, you know in their own way sponsoring work that is being put out by anybody. Man, and I, I tell people all the time like I, I don't, I'm not that big. I don't care how many followers I I eventually gain or how how many people you know like my work or have said nice things to me. Man, I respond to almost anybody as long as it ain't negative. Like if you got something that you wanna you know that you wanna put on, if I can help any way, any way possible, I'm going to do it. I get people that DM me all the time, you know, that you know that's asking me, you know, where, where'd you get this? How'd you get started? Man, listen, I ain't going to never be, no matter how much this this continues to grow, I'll never be big enough to just respond to, to, to almost anybody, man. I think you have to continue to do that and put on, put on the person that's below you. Don't be afraid that, you know, your, your influence is going to get more eyes on them to where they eventually, where they, they, they eventually surpass you. Um, that's what's important to me. And I, I think that that fear is out there. You know, I mean, we're, we're a small city. we got to find ways to, to, no matter if you're at the top of the top, you're at the bottom of the, of the bottom, support each other. And um, that's how this community continues to grow when they see people taking hands that they may not have expected, when they see people really just supporting the cause, not just their own. You know, uh, establishment, not just what they're putting out, but the entire cause, and that should be this city, this region, um, you know, continuing to earn the respect that I think it deserves.
1: Man, likewise, this city deserves a lot of respect. I think a lot of the reason New Orleans is coming out of this better than some other cities is the resilience in the city. I mean, Katrina wasn't that long ago. You know, there's still places that there's still lives that hadn't recovered from Katrina. And so this sort of adversity is just another just another thing New Orleans got to deal with to keep them all moving. And we're going to keep moving with the podcast. we got a few more guests coming up. Again, this is Chris Connor at The Bird Rights. If you want to give a shout out real quick where the people can find you. And then we're going to let you go because it's Saturday. That's time to get some barbecue and some day drinking in.
0: <laughs> As always, man. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter, at Impatient Bull. Um, and my whole my whole team, my whole staff at, at The Bird Rights, uh, whether it be TheBirdRights.com or, or our Twitter page. For the most part, we try to have fun. Sometimes we're assholes, sometimes we're not. But. Whether it's basketball or you know current events that's going on, we kind of pretty much you know talk about anything, man. We like to laugh, have fun, and um, yeah, man, um, that's that's pretty much it. So as always, I appreciate being on,
1: big dog. Yeah, well, hey, until y'all catch back at us, protect the nest, fans. We appreciate you. Hope y'all get full uh, get to look at the Pelicans roster a little better these next couple weeks. I hope they, I hope they televise the scrimmage games, but I don't think it's gonna happen. But either way, until then, y'all check back with us next week. Protect the nest. Appreciate you.